Welcome to Whiskey Topic. I'm Mark Bylock. And I'm Jamie Johnson. And this is episode 90. Oh my god, 10 more, 10 more episodes until I get more balloons? I, I think that's it. That's it. The, 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 every, the, what's, what's every 50 called? Is that like a 50 year <laughs> centennial 50 year I don't know I don't know it's gonna be 10 more until you get more balloons yes Jamie that, the ultimate more answer until I get more balloons all I that's the focus right now I just like when do I get more balloons very, really uh, do I need to give uh, is, is, do I need to do like balloons every 30 episodes and have no more? I would say like uh, I guess after 100 episodes then you probably don't have to get more balloons till 200 oh wow but oh well 150 like Canada's mm. celebrating 150 this year so that's like yeah 150 is good. All right. 150s. So, yeah, every 50. All right. We're going to keep at that. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, helium will eventually run out, but, you know, I'm. I know, but the memories are forever. The memories are forever. I love that when you went to to Scotland, you got balloons from Sam Simmons. I did. I got, oh, it was so nice. I I mentioned that I really liked gold stars uh, when I was with him. And like, you know, the the reward system of, you know, you're good and you get a gold star next to your name. So I sort of mentioned this offhandedly to Sam Simmons, our global brand ambassador for Belveni. And uh, I was like, yeah, I really, I really, I, I like gold stars i do i do work for gold stars i want i want accolades like i want you know someone to give me a check mark at the end of the day and he was like okay i'll remember that and then i was like it's kind of a random thing to remember but sure it's nice uh and then the day when i when i got back from scotland the day after i got back from scotland there was like a knock on my door like and i like I was like <laughs> oh, no one okay. ever knocks on my door and so i was like i was like ready to like get my kitchen knife out and be like what do you want but i opened the door and there was like a man standing there with a bunch of balloons gold star balloons and i was like oh he's like do you know who these are from and i was like you're very cranky for a balloon delivery man (laughs) (laughs) your whole day is delivering joy and you can even manage a smile hello but anyway so i was like yes i know who they're from and this is very very nice and they I, i actually had to um deflate them myself just oh, no. a couple days ago because they were so they're that I don't know what they're, they're like a um uh they're like a like a foil kind of balloon and uh-huh. so I guess they just don't deflate so they sort of like got a little wrinkly but they were still like filling up my office and I was like I I've had those balloons for a long time now I know you love balloons but like this is getting ridiculous so <laughs> I actually had to stab them which oh was, no! Yeah, it was like kind of traumatizing, to be honest. I, I could like, imagine you had to stab the balloons. Oh I had God. to stab the balloons, and like, oh yeah, it was sad, but such a nice gesture, so lovely, and yeah, the way to my heart is to give me balloons. So there you go. Well, we uh, we have a great interview today. Uh, before we get to the interview, uh, though, do do remember hashtag the whiskey cabinet, uh, copy of the book, and uh, photo of your whiskey cabinet or whatever you're doing at the moment, and you will get uh, to pick a topic. Uh, one one lucky winner will get to pick a topic of of a non whiskey topic that we talk about. Whiskey, whiskey. So I'd love to welcome Raj Peter Bakta to the podcast. He is the founder and chief steward of Whistlepig Distillery on Whistlepig Farm. Um, I was there for a couple couple nights at Whistlepig, and I learned that. Raj loves Cadillacs was on season two of The Apprentice which I actually watched and remember him from so that was cool uh, ran for the uh, Pennsylvania 13th District um, has a, uh, has a love and uh, an affection for Mortar the Pig Mortimer the Pig and occasionally um, is uh, takes on the sh- on the personality of an Indian love guru those are uh, Raj <laughs> those are the things I learned about you is that about accurate 
<laughs> all, all of those things are accurate. Yes. I, <laughs> oh man, I feel like I missed so much by not going I, to the Whistlepig farm. I, I, I didn't. I didn't know you were going to get the love guru, but uh, he is a very interesting man. <laughs> well, Raj, you have a very interesting background. You're half Indian, you're half Irish. Uh, whiskey's in your blood. I mean, India and Ireland, you cannot think of two bigger whiskey countries in the world. India yeah. consuming far more than Ireland, but yeah, per capita. Yeah. And I have done my f- more than my per capita fair share of uh, consumption. I can report that as well. <laughs> Jamie, to, to give an example of how much fun they have on the farm, and it is a farm. You, you go in and it's not, it doesn't look like a distillery. Everything's, you know, Rosh can tell us, but everything's like repurposed uh, from, from an old milk farm. But uh, you hear these stories of Raj, um, you know, having, I guess, a, a sales meeting, having people over for a sales uh, meeting. And he has a yurt in the forest. I had to walk up there. I almost died. I had to, you know, I had to go up this <laughs> snowy bank into a forest into uh and and he had uh and he was the indian love guru and he had people coming in and, and he was telling them their future i believe is how it went. oh my god amazing so that, that, that was an interesting one you know because i i walked in you know i mean i figured what can we do interesting and there was this yurt out there and i have these you know like indian summer outfits so i was sitting up there and you know, I had people come in, I'm like, tell me what it is your innermost desires and wishes and they will come true, you know. And people are really like laying down serious, uh, personal, uh, you know, uh, things to me. And I'm like, <laughs> my God, this is why, this is why shrinks need to be on, uh, you know, more medicine than anybody else because right. heavy, heavy stuff, heavy stuff. You were doing it as a joke and, and people, and people were giving you their real relationship problems. <laughs> The love guru bears many burdens. Wow. That's amazing. Although I feel like I went to someone would, like offered me that thing. I'd be like, sure, you want it? You want it all? Here it is. I'm going to tell yep. you everything. Nope. <laughs> See what you got. You do not yeah, want to do this as Jamie. Nope, nope. <laughs> several, several people thought just like you, Jamie. It was a little, little, little bit more than I was uh, looking for, but I was happy to do it. <laughs> oh Especially when you add some whiskey to the mix. You know, that's Oh, what my I'm, gosh. That's, well, yeah, people people tend to tell you that stuff without you asking in the first place. Yeah. Out. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's amazing. The farm, the farm is really, really fantastic. Um, so tell us a little bit about the farm because it is everything. Everything, for my view, every, like there's not a still house. There's a there's a farmhouse that has a still in it. Like it's a really wonderful, uh, uh, wonderful uh, location. Yeah. So, uh, Mark, we're basically what. How that how how Whistlepig transpired was um, very very happenstantially. Um, I, I lost, as you noted, a, a race for U.S. Congress, uh, my home in Pennsylvania. Um, I, 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 I like so resoundingly that I left the state, um, <laughs> bought a farm in uh, Vermont, a big farm. It was five hundred acres, and uh, you know, with no plan, no clear plan whatsoever on what to do with it, and. Uh, soon thereafter, this is 2007, uh, the financial crisis hit and I needed to make the farm work. And, you know, it was my, uh, it was my, you know, my only real asset and I was living there and, uh, you know, began to conjure what can I do with this place? You know, I mean, I knew that I couldn't be a dairy farmer. It's really rough on the knees to get up and down all the time. Um, and, uh, uh, began to think, well, what do I know? What do I really love? Um, for better, or for worse, my mind went to alcohol related, uh, 
you know, products. So thought about doing a beer, uh, thought about maybe doing a vodka. I never imagined actually that I could get into the whiskey business because I knew that in order to do great whiskey, it had to be old. And where was I going to find old whiskey? Um, so, you know, very, very fortunately, uh, enters a, a great guy named Dave Pickerel, uh, who had his hands on a great stash of old Canadian whiskey, actually. Um, and, you know, the, the, the stars began to align because the original, you know, motivating concept was to do a farm to bottle project, whether there was beer or some other form of uh, spirit, um, always wanted to do whiskey. And with the addition of some great old uh, stocks of whiskey, we were able to back into a very, very, you know, and I say unique in the entire world, and that's very rare, unique in the entire world um, vision of having a farm to bottle whiskey product, which is now being realized in farm stock, which is our grain, our water, uh, our wood. So it started, uh, it started out of the middle of nowhere, basically, both figuratively and literally. That's awesome. So I so I have a sort of a question sort of that came out from that. Um, do you, you know, sort of given your experience now, do you still think that old whiskey is always the best whiskey? Uh, or is that something that you've sort of like, where where is the sweet spot for you guys in terms of yeah. age? So look, Jamie, it's a very good question, right? The the old whiskey is not always better, but it generally is up to a certain point, right? Mm-hmm. The the um, so for rye, rye should be older in general. Mm-hmm. You want a little bit older rye than you want bourbon, right? So bourbon can be perfectly uh, perfectly delightful at you know four years, five years, six years. Um, you get some great bourbon. Right, because mm-hmm. it's a lighter, sweeter whiskey to begin with. That's the corn-based whiskey. Rye is a lot spicier, so um, to take the edge off that that the spice that burn, it takes a little bit more time. That's the bad news from a business standpoint, right? Rye is therefore more expensive because the most expensive thing really in whiskey is the aging component. Um, <clears throat> The, the, the good news, however, is that, that, that some of that roughness, roughness that exists when rye is very young mm-hmm. turns into a lot more character and flavor over time uh, so that when you do age it, of course I'm biased, the, I think you end up with the best whiskey in the entire world with rye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're. Um, yeah, I mean, your original release, um, as you said, you bought some of the best rye in the world. That's uh, you know from Alberta Distillers. Um, I still bother Beam Centauri about this. Why aren't you guys releasing this beautiful ten-year-old, give or take a few years rye um, yourselves? Instead, they're they're selling it to to Whistlepig um, and other and other locations, and it's it's been so well received. But now, as you mentioned, Farmstock is your first release of rye that you've made on the distillery. Uh, it's 20% of your your uh, young rye uh, blended in or vatted in with the uh, with older uh, rye from Alberta and all from also from uh, Indiana. Um, and so this project must have been an interesting project for you guys. Like, when did you decide this is the time to bring out a taste of our farm, a taste of what we grow here? Well, you know, I... Um Mark, it was, it was basically, it's, it's always been in 
uh, in my mind, to uh, you know, to really come out with our own our own whiskey. So the the our own whiskey that is the triple terroir whiskey that's been you know distilled from our grain, aged in our wood, and and I, I'll talk a little bit more about the importance of wood and the uniqueness of um, the Vermont oak uh, and our water. The, the, but the problem was is that it, you know, as we got into the business, the challenge was, you know, the first objective was to secure a long-term pipeline of uh, 10-year whiskey uh, on the one hand to be patient on the other to allow um, our, our, our inventories to age such that we were able to release a 12-year uh, and a 15-year now. And that basically uh, sucked up all of the available resources of the company was to continue to build our inventory pipeline so we could deliver to the market a seamless, and by the way, the only seamless aged rye whiskey supply from any company in the world is Whistlepig. Um, that's 10-year plus age statements. Um, so there was that delay, and then we had a crazy neighbor who moved to the farm, you know, uh, from New Jersey. And, uh, you know, he's one of these NIMBY people, not in my backyard. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I don't know, he did, he, you know, he thought a distillery was a frightful concept, especially like, you know, we have a small distillery inside of an old dairy, uh, barn and that somehow brought frightful apparitions to his mind. And he, you know, conjured up fears of these mystery vapors, which would kill his berry bushes a mile away. And, you know, Vermont has many, many great things, but its business friendliness is not one of them. Um, and so the state took this seriously, and that delayed us by three years. So it took a little longer, a lot longer than I would have liked. But the amazing thing um, that really came as a result of this was that the whiskey that we started to distill and age uh, in, the, uh, in our own wood was really, while not, um, I would say, while not, uh, uh, I wouldn't say ready from at least a Whistlepig label standpoint to come out entirely by uh, itself was truly amazing whiskey uh, in that it was a lot, uh, on the one hand, creamier than uh, less sharp than the whiskey we were getting down from uh, from Canada, but it was also at the same time very bright and lively. So in putting them together, as you noted, uh, we mixed it with some double terroir whiskey, that is the, the, the Alberta whiskey that was aged in our wood, so our water, our wood, uh, and that and some 12-year-old that came from, uh, from Indiana, you know, I like to say it balances the best of all worlds. So it's like, you know, the, the uh, having in a whiskey, the, if you're thinking of people, you know, the wisdom of a 70 year old combined with the youth and vigor of a 20 year old. So, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, as I mentioned, the best of all, uh, of all worlds. Yeah. The, the oak is interesting for me. I, you know, doing tastings, um, I'm always like looking where the flavors come from and, um, uh, Virginia, the, the oak you mentioned is, is white oak is, is the traditional oak that's used in, uh, aging barrels in the United States and that Canada also uses. Um, right. but it does have 
it does have these other notes to these little grainier, uh, uh, tighter notes um, that are very common to, uh, you know, if uh, from Canadian oak, uh, there's a few distilleries that use Canadian oak, oak such as uh, Forty Creek Federation. And, and I'm seeing that that tighter grain profile in there because, of course, you know, Virginia oak being so much further north, it's uh, it's going to have tighter grain. It's, it's going to impart different flavors, even though it's the same quote unquote type of tree. Um, and I love the fact that because we've deconstructed uh, farm stock uh, from the the rye, uh, the young rye to the medium age, the older, and the the fact that you guys finished the or, or aged the Canadian whiskey in Virginia oak for for a while is is was a nice little balancing point between the rye and then this older oak from uh, this older whiskey uh, or older rye from Indiana. So I I really uh, really enjoyed that about the product. Um, it also does come through as a very young rye. The, the rye notes are are there, especially in the middle and the finish. They just come all the way through. It's 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 you're you're getting very strong uh, young rye characteristics through and through. Bursting, bursting with spice and flavor. Yeah, yeah. The the yeah. So the the I think it's a very interesting point that you bring up on the on the wood. So Vermont. Uh, Mark, forgive me, not Virginia. <laughs> Sorry, the, 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 it's it's okay. It's okay. We, we Americans get your states mixed up. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Probably much much worse than you Canadians get ours messed up. So <laughs> with that aside, um, yeah, the the basically the northern oaks grow more slowly, so they have these tight rings. Whereas the southern oak, where I would say ninety nine point something percent of the whole whiskey industry. Uh, gets their wood from the southern trees have a lot fatter rings. Um, you, you know, tighter is better for flavor uh, from a flavor standpoint, and and uh, fatter obviously worse. Um, the the and so we're getting a lot uh, more complex and interesting flavors in the northern oak, which incidentally is over time uh, the a growing and, and absolutely a majority of the flavor of what you get in, in your whiskey or any aged uh, spirit. Yeah, and so farm stock you're going to release in batches um, uh, and you're going to have, so they're going to taste different every single time. Uh, so it's basically a collector's item in that respect. You're going to see the progression of the distillery uh, throughout the years. Yeah, I think this is the beginning of, um, in the world of whiskey at least, you know, an epic journey. Right as uh, Whistlepig, which is the world's premier rye whiskey uh, uh, company, as we evolve, uh, you know, from basically our our core age statement uh, range, uh, we're beginning a you know a journey through the first crop, which is a very very small release, uh, which contains the first elements of our triple terroir whiskey. Each, each crop, crop one, crop two, crop three, which will come out uh, annually, uh, will uh, hopefully both, both grow in size uh, and, uh, uh, and the flavor uh, profile will, uh, will evolve, each unique um, and, uh, uh, and all very you know, distinctly whistlepig, but, uh, but, but noticeably their own. Yeah, I, 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 and those are, what I think is super fun about that, and like 
Mark and I like to do with our friends is, is, you know, if you end up with this lovely collection, you know, getting together on a Friday night and doing a whole vertical tasting, like this is the kind of stuff like watching things sort of uh, evolve through the years is, is always really, really fun for yeah, whiskey it's, nerds. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking the, at, at the, uh, the old world, the cask finished, the finished and poured and so turns and Madeira. Uh, and this is something that is sort of uh, coming into more favor with American whiskeys now. Um, it's been sort of uh, the idea, you know, of finishing in a different cask has been in scotch for a long time. But uh, I think it's just starting to sort of catch on a little bit um, in the States. Is that sort of where you're where you're thinking, like, is this going to keep going this way for American whiskey or at least for Whistlepig? Are you going to keep, you know, trying wine cask finishes and, and have you got a couple things up your sleeve that you may or may not want to tell us about? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. So I think the big news, um, the thing that I'm most excited about, I'll, I'll answer that, the second mm -hmm. part of your question. First, the, the is uh, what we're playing around with um, and which might be our Boss Hog release uh, mm -hmm. if we do one this year, which is a, a whistle pig, a deep aged whistle pig um, finished in Armagnac casks. Mm-hmm. Um, the initial results are absolutely spectacular. We just don't have, uh, I don't know that we have enough of it to actually do a boss hog release. Um, but that leads into the, to the first part, which is, you know, look, think about beer 30 years ago or, you know, uh, however long your memory goes back on it. The, it was dominated by a couple of big players mm -hmm. and it was pretty boring, you know, mm -hmm. it was crappy actually. Um, <laughs> uh, and now, um, you know, with the, the, the craft beer revolution that began really 30 years ago, uh, you've got every amazing sort of beer that you can possibly imagine and then some uh, coming out of small distilleries, I'm sorry, small breweries in the States. And I think the same thing's going to happen in whiskey. The difference is, is beer comes off the tap, you know, right away. Mm -hmm. Whiskey, if it's going to be great, it takes several years. So with there being a bigger lag in whiskey, in I'd say 15 years, there's going to be nobody in the world, underline that, nobody in the world, Scotland, Ireland, Japan, any country, and I think Canada is going to be right behind, uh, that comes close to the variety and the quality of American whiskey. All in, full stop. We're going to leave everybody in the in the in the in the dust. <laughs> so, so you you have big plans for the for the big farm you have there, and your neighbor's going to hit you even more, is what you're saying. Well, you know, I think that the key is that it's not, we're not really going to turn it into Disney World. You know, it's my home. <laughs> um, you know, we're already getting people knocking on the door at you know eight o'clock on Saturday mornings looking for for oh. for tours, <laughs> which is on the one hand flattering, but on the other hand, you know, less than ideal when you're there with your with your family. It's better than having nobody show up. By the way, yeah, um, the, we'll take it. Um, I'm not complaining. So, you know, it, the, the vision is to keep it land-based and farm-based, and so that'll necessarily put a, uh, 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 a fence around how big we can grow, right? The, the, we'll, 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 and this is a really important part of, of Whistlepig. While we aim to be the best whiskey company in the world, and that is our motivating objective, to be the best whiskey company in the world, the the we're, there's there's no rush in doing it, and it definitely doesn't mean being the biggest. That is not our objective. Um, so if you look at what we've done, very 
very practically, guys, I mean, um, look at look at our competitors. While it was, we've been in a boom, right, since the beginning of Whistlepig, but we have chosen to have very slow, careful growth while allowing our stocks to age. Um, you know, we've been very, very disciplined in that regard with a focus on quality above all else and delivering. It's not cheap, but if you look at the competitive set, we've delivered an upmarket value in every single one of our uh, every single one of our of our labels uh, with farm stock. Um, a little bit, a little bit pricier than the than the ten year old, but this is the debut of a one of its kind global first of triple terroir whiskey, and I've I've said it's the first that we're aware of, and nobody's been able to correct me, you know, to date. Um, we're certainly not aware of anybody in the world who's growing their grain, aging it in their wood, using their water, and it's a legitimate. And Mark, you've seen it. Uh, you know, it's a legitimate farm-based business, uh, and and I think that's really what makes us special. So that long-term vision, that focus on quality, that focusing on taking, you know, triple terroir and making it ourselves and taking crafts to an entirely new level are the the foundations of Whistlepig, which will allow us to grow uh, into the greatest whiskey company in the world. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, it is certainly a farm you um i was i was driving down the very uh rugged terrain uh to to get to the distillery and you have uh you know you have pigs there you have goats um you um you have a sugar shack um you know you had the yurt as i mentioned um you know you go there and you get you get a little bit of everything of course you have the farmland and 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 growing your own grain um because you're growing a few strands of grain and corn on the farm i believe I, i i can't remember offhand yeah, so we're doing uh, we're doing rye and a couple different types of rye, and we're growing corn, and so we've begun to do a little bit, uh, you know, and we're playing around with uh, um, with laying down some uh, bourbon. Yeah, I do apologize for the background noise. My dogs, uh, they're drinking water. They're very thirsty this morning. Yeah, I, all I can hear is your dog drinking water. It's just like someone's thirsty over there. Oh, my I know, goodness. I know, I know. What kind of, what kind of <laughs> it's a very professional environment here. What can we say? We've got a studio and everything. Uh, um, it's okay. <laughs> Uh, no, that's that's really cool. The farm was this is just such a charm to it, and it really, really does have such a uh, charm to it. Um, and, and the people on the farm, like everybody in your company uh, that I've met, just wonderfully, you know, loves and breathes it. Um, loves working. Um, I, I heard a few times, just very, you know, feel very fortunate to to work for the company and and the opportunities they have there um, uh, to really just make delicious whiskey and 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 um, and work with you on that. So that's amazing. Really, really nicely done. I'm, I'm I'm glad you know we gave we gave them really uh, you know tight scripts to read and, and <laughs> I can tell you I was surprised falls, how people- if anybody falls off script you know, we come after them with the cattle it, they, they have to go into the yurt, yurt. That's they right. get locked in there for a yurt, while your time yurt. <laughs> oh my gosh well I'm curious about I, I sort of really like to dive in about uh, your sort of whiskey. Uh, your whiskey origin story. So what's so Mark and I talk about sort of um, 
the first whiskey we had, what, what sort of, you know, uh, got us into this sort of line of, of work and stuff like that. So what was the first whiskey that you had? And, and, and what, what is it about whiskey that you sort of uh, was, was so um, magnetic for you? Well, um, I remember it very well. I think I was, you know, I was definitely underage, but I, uh, <laughs> I, I raided my parents' liquor cabinet. And, you know, my father... Uh, being Indian, you know, everybody gives like bottles of Black Label, Johnny Walker Black Label, <laughs> and um, and so he had he had like a huge stash of it, like I don't know, twenty bottles, and he didn't drink. So I took one out. I think the family was away on vacation. I think I was away for the weekend, and I like you know filled up a, a, a well filled up, you know, maybe poured a half a glass and like drank it. Then I was like, ooh, this is tasty. Oh boy. And then I and then I also noticed a very salubrious uh, effect, the, the 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 which I also also thought was really good. You know, it's, 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 it's not just for the taste, right? Um, the the whiskey feels good. Um, the and I and I and I loved Scotch for a, for a long time, uh, and I was really a Scotch drinker. And uh, then I began to move to bourbon. Then I moved to, uh, uh, you know, the smoky Isla uh, scotches, Laphroaig and Lagavulin. You know, now, actually, those taste a little revolting to me. I don't know why, but I used to love them. Um, and so it's like a, it's an evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I discovered rye. Mm-hmm. And on rye, I sort of stopped. Yeah, mm-hmm. it stunted my progression, or maybe I just maybe I just reached the pinnacle. You found your jam. You found your jam. It's, uh... you found, that's right. That's right. So, so what's in your what's open in your cabinet right now that is your go to uh, dram? I'm I'm all about farm stock right now. Yeah, you know? I mean I'm I'm so excited about it. I'm like a kid in a candy store. I'm, <laughs> I'm just you know it's been waiting. It's a decade in the making. Uh, you know, it's, it's the realization of a long dream, you know, to make this triple terroir whiskey and it tastes fantastic. You know, when I, when I, when I, I love age statements, right. And I love aged whiskey and there's no replacement for age. That's is it true. A lot of people are talking about that whiskey doesn't need to be old. Mm-hmm. The, the, it's true, but you know, it's sort of like, you know, you don't need to be rich to be happy, but it's definitely like a little bit easier if you have money. <laughs> <in the bank. laughs> the, the age is better to have than not. Um, the, 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 but the combination, both of the deep age, uh, that we have in the 12, the double terroir whiskey, which is five, six year old Alberta whiskey that's aged in our barrels, plus the verve and the sprightliness of the, of the, of the triple terroir, uh, 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 whistle pig. Whiskey is just a knockout combination that I'm, you know, uh, I'm just smitten with at the moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's great. It's well, it's one of those things that's really interesting. Like the you're talking about the evolution of your palate, uh, and Mark and I have discussed this a couple times on the podcast. How uh, the the palate right now, um, in general, seems to tend towards big bold flavors ryes are you know you know big mouthful of rye is what's going on it's not you know the light sort of irish whiskeys though you know they're poised to sort of make a comeback but it's 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 fascinating to see sort of uh how the um 
how your palate evolves over many years of, of drinking. I went from yeah. um, bourbon and rye to now I'm in the in the single malts, um, due partly to my job. But it, it's it is you know going back is really interesting. And like you said, it, you, I I don't like the the sort of iodiney like you know uh, smoky Isla whiskeys anymore. And yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, it's it's it is a really fascinating topic, Jamie. The yeah. the and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like you know, it's just your taste buds shift with age. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, uh, uh, I think a little promiscuity in 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 whiskey is not necessarily a bad thing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. But just you know, when you arrive at Whistlepig, there's no need for any further promiscuity. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, when you I, settle. That's when you settle down. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am sorry that I, I missed the the visit to the farm. Um, do you guys do tours? Can our our listeners turn up at your door at eight o'clock on a Saturday morning? <laughs> uh, they can. Uh, <laughs> But uh, we would appreciate uh, <laughs> uh, if um, uh, so. Actually, we're not really open to right. uh, to the public uh, right now. Um, yeah. The because it, it it's really it, it's uh, it's uh, it's a farm, but it's also you know I mean it's a it's our home. Yep. So, um, but we are moving towards like scheduling tours. So as I was, I think we're just starting to do it, uh, and it'll be up on the website. Uh, shortly, we're going to do tours twice a week where people can, you know, schedule uh, uh, to get a to get a nice full uh, farm tour. So that will be and distillery tour and you know tasting, etc. A little bit more intimate than um, than many of the, the more Disney World operations that are run by by other companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, it's interesting. The Balveni, which is the the company that I work for, I the by the way, fantastic whiskey. Love <laughs> love, excellent, thank you. Um, I helped turn the barley on the floor, so who knows? <laughs> Got my my hands in there properly, uh, but it's the same thing with with our tours that we do. So it's eight people um, max, two times a day, and that's it. So it keeps it sort of very um, intimate, small. You can really get into the nitty gritty, the the details, and yeah. And, that's, uh, I, I've, that's great. I've, I've been to the distillery there. I've been to that malt house. I've been to the old distillery. I, mean, I think it's wonderful. I love the brand. That I love the, what they're doing. You work for a great company. I do. Thank you. I'm very grateful. Um, so we'll definitely uh, keep an eye on the website for when those tours go live. Yeah. I'm sure people, um, I mean, Vermont is is so stunning. What a great spot that is. So uh, so it looks idyllic. Like I said, I'm sad I missed out on the, the trip, but Mark was, you know, Snapchatting and, and keeping all of us sort of... Um, yeah, intrigued on his. Apparently, office. Snapchat has evolved because I thought that was like a um, like a hookup thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it probably still is, but uh, no, we uh, I was on uh, Instagram video live, which is like Snapchat essentially. But the whole tour was there, and we had a lot of great followers that were commenting along the way, including the uh, visit to a local bar somewhere at three o'clock in the morning. It was wonderful. It was a great great time. <laughs> Two brothers. I'm sorry I missed oh. the special. <laughs> I, I think I think your staff was very uh, was 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 thrilled because I'm like so are we going uh, we're going to a bar tonight and they're like yes we will go to the bar tonight <laughs> <laughs> guys it, we got to get on the it, same page next time is it who took you out how oh, it was uh, Lindsay and Tyler and uh, they were really great because uh, they asked me what I wanted to do and I was like hey well, can we just uh, check out a dive bar in the area and um, so I went to the dive bar they were so nice to pay I mean I guess I guess uh, you ultimately paid for my evening I think <laughs> between all the shots and and beer I probably cost you a whole 
whole lot of so we've got we've we've got friends in low places too. I do have one more question for you, though, if if we can uh, if we can sneak no. it in. Um, Go ahead. I, I was there Go at a, at, a, uh, at Tales of Cocktail. You spoke uh, last year about um, you know kind of giving tips to uh, to distilleries starting up, and you, you whistle pig does follow a very traditional model where you uh, kind of the new traditional model where you buy whiskey from somebody else first, develop a brand, um, get a flavor profile out there that, that resonates with people um, that you're passionate about, and then make make your own whiskey and, and kind of move that route. Uh, and I know you know a lot of our more vocal listeners have started their own distilleries or are working for distilleries that are on a much smaller scale. Uh, do you have any quick tips uh, for for those listeners that are uh, either thinking of starting a distillery, are in presently owning one, or or in the in the in working for a small distillery? Yeah, I think that the that the key is especially in this environment, and I'll say this much: the 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 competitive landscape has transformed dramatically in the past decade. So, you know, in 2010, when Whistlepig launched, there were three or four, five, six ryes. And uh, we had the only old rye. And, uh, you know, accordingly, it was relatively easy for us to get, uh, you know, attention. That, um, that dynamic is, has, is changed. I was in Chicago at, at a Binny store, uh, a couple of uh, a couple of months ago, and I was astounded to see the proliferation of of brands. Uh, this is good news and bad news to people getting into the business. And I think you know the, your listeners are smart enough to understand what the good and the bad is. The the there's opportunity, but it's also more difficult. Um, what I would say is you gotta really be doing it. I think for the right reasons. Um, the idea that hey, I'm gonna get this thing going and I'm gonna make a quick buck and then I'm gonna sell it to another company. Don't do it for that reason. You probably, you know, will be on the eighty percent of, of of businesses that that fail. Um, if you if you are, I would say two things. One, keep your scale. And your size very carefully limited. Try to make sure that whatever you're doing, you're cash flow positive, or at least making a buck at the end of the day. You, you can be investing, but make sure that uh, uh, that you're not constantly guzzling money, um, you know, and losing money on a on a on a P and L basis, on a profit and loss basis. Um, and that means staying small, staying careful, and believe in whatever it is that you're that you're doing and be able to sustain it for the long haul. Because if you de- develop a great product and you're effective, uh, and this is another key point, you have to be effective in being able to communicate why your product is different, better, unique, worth the price, etc. And that takes a lot of time. And you, your brand also has to have soul. All right. And and that soul needs to be uh, communicated, it needs to have a reason to exist. It needs to have a life force. And, um, you know, those are a couple of, of, of big and important, uh, 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 you know, notes that I can come up with just off the top of my head. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks, Raj. I know Great. our listeners will appreciate that. I, uh, I, I know I, Mortimer seems to be the soul of Whistlepig in some respects. You have him on Boss Hog. I think that's a wonderful, uh, uh, wonderful, uh, it's just kind of hard of the, the, that side of the company, the, the farm side. 
Yeah, indeed, indeed, and I and I think that was one thing that 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 whistlepig is grounded in the in the land and uh, you know really started from a farm based vision and a, a lot of people a lot of put a lot of heart and soul into the into the product and uh, it was great to be here with you. Thank you so much for coming on. It was so awesome. Great to be uh, with you guys, and uh, I'm sorry, Jamie, you missed the you missed no. the farm visit, but Mark, I'm glad you made it there, and um, and uh, delighted to be back anytime. I enjoyed the conversation. Awesome. Thank you so much, Raj. I appreciate Thank you it. so much. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Bye.